Welcome to the Digital Transformationist Podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by the legendary Kelvin Yap, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Atlassian. We'll hear about his experience working at Atlassian for almost the last decade and the digital transformations he's witnessed while there. The future of work in uncertain times, a big, bright, bold cloud future, DevOps going mainstream, driving change and innovation with intention, and the importance of wellness, routine, and connection in 2020 and beyond. Kelvin, good morning. Welcome to the podcast. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. It's a pleasure to introduce you to G-Love. Hey there, Kelvin. Thanks for joining us, man. Pleasure is all mine, mate. Great. Uh, a big fan from back in the oh, day, way oh. back when. Maybe okay. I'm showing my age by saying that. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Right <laughs> on, well, The 90s was a while back uh, when G-Love got his, uh, his his commercial start, I guess. I thought I was, uh, I'm still living you've been, in the 90s, man. Well, <laughs> same here, man. But you know, does, man. But you're still cranking out great music, and it's, <laughs> it's so amazing to, to watch your career this whole time. Oh. And Kelvin, speaking of great careers, man, you've you've spent uh, the better part of your career with one of the the most uh, innovative technology companies that's out there. You know, a company Atlassian that's helping. You know, started building tools for people that build tools, uh, but more and more like the de facto products for anybody that works on a team that wants to get things done. Um, you know, yeah, least, I think I think I think uh, the the folks uh, in the office, or at least my team, would say I'm a dinosaur at this point. Um, <laughs> Been around too long, know too much. I mean, you're you're working a decade, right, at Atlassian? Yeah, it's coming up to about nine and change at this point. So yeah, hitting. I think I'll hit ten years, like middle of next year. What's crazy? um, You know, thinking back on our relationship with Atlassian, we've been partners since 2008, and I started going to the Atlassian offices on a very consistent routine, at least you know every six weeks or so. Going back to, I guess it was probably 2009, 2010, and. You've always been one of the most welcoming faces and, and, and people I look forward to catching up with and talking to. So thanks for always being such a nice, friendly guy to, to me and our team. And, and uh, it's always great, uh, great seeing you and working with you. So Kelvin, uh, you know, the theme of the podcast is, is digital transformation. And a lot of what we talk about is just not, not just digital or technology for the sake of technology, but how, how do you see technology is helping connect us and is helping, um, yeah, just how's it helping us connect? Yeah, I mean... If anything, it's brought a lot of technology to the fore and maybe into more of the uh, public eye away from just in, in Silicon Valley or technology circles. So, you know, I think it's really interesting that Zoom is just in everyone's common vernacular these days, right. you know, like yeah. uh, I'm sure G-Live, like for the kinds of things that you have done in the past, making that switch to virtual live performances online is, is, is one great example there about how people are leaning into technology and using it. Uh, in ways to really uh, connect with other people. Um, you know, with the kind of travel bans and just the quarantine and all that kind of craziness, I've had to lean in more on FaceTime and, and just video conferencing technology mm-hmm. as a whole to keep in touch with friends and family back home in Australia. So um, I, I, if anything, I think the technology has always been there and it is bringing us together. Um, and you are going to start to see um, a more advancements in that space as, as kind of time goes on too. Yeah, I mean, to that end, right? Can you imagine living through this pandemic without the internet and without this technology? You couldn't. You, you honestly couldn't. Nineteen like, twenties. Like, <laughs> yes, and it, and it's and it's no it's no uh, going to be a like for like replacement for actual of human human interactions and physical yeah. kind of interactions there, like catching up for a coffee or a beer or something. But um, it's the best that we can kind of do, and I feel like 
um, being able to lean into this kind of technology has been um, a saving grace for me, at least over the last six to nine months. Oh, for sure. And next next year we'll, we'll we'll reconvene, but we'll all be all of our holograms will be sitting around each everybody's respective coffee table, and we actually will be drinking uh, our coffee or beer virtually, but <laughs> our holograms. Okay. <laughs> the hologram clink when you do the cheers. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, lasting plays a significant role in the the success of companies. Uh, the success of companies is now more and more geared towards how well they deliver value with technology and, and the software and the things that they're building. And obviously, you know, this can't, this, this uh, podcast is all about the digital transformation and Elastic has got a big piece in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, t- talk to us more about the, the products that you've been working with within Atlassian and how those tools uh, are, are helping and advancing, you know, teams abilities to, to transform in a digital way. Yeah, sure. So I think we have, uh, heaps of products in our suite and over the last little while I've been focused more on the developer side of things so um, developer tools like Bitbucket, Jira Software all the way through to uh, tools like Sourcetree and, and kind of everything in between and so uh, our real main focus is, is has always traditionally been on trying to get teams to work better together I know it's a pretty cliche thing to say yeah. um, but really just making it as easy as possible to understand what's going on getting that context um without having to jump through too many hoops to kind of get there. And it's just really trying to speed up and, and make that process more efficient because yeah. ultimately that's what a, that's what one of our customers wants to do, right? In order to serve their customers, they want to deliver product as fast as they can um, without bugs, uh, without shipping things that could be fatal to to, to a company or at least the, the faith in the, in the brand or the product. And so we just try and uh, connect all the dots as well as possible for them to, to get stuff done. Yeah, gee, uh, Atlassian is so committed to teams that their stock ticker is team, T-E-A-M. Okay. How cool is that, right? Should I be buying that stock right now? Uh, most definitely, okay. I think, yes. I'm not allowed okay. to say anything. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin can't say okay. anything, yeah. but uh, it's, yes. Uh, you know, to that end, we've, as a, as a business, uh, year over year, have just continually, have continued to invest in Atlassian. It's, it's the core of our business as well. And we've mm-hmm. doubled down on Atlassian, uh, really going back since 2007. And uh, we've built a business around uh, these technologies and, of course, the frameworks that help developers and other people and companies be so successful. So definitely a great investment, uh, not to mention uh, the leadership at Alaskan, the founders, Scott and Mike, just visionaries uh, and have done just an amazing job building such an amazing company. It's helped so many companies across the world. So, um, you know, the, the switch to working from home or working remotely uh, has been difficult for a lot of people, um, but at the same time, it's been made easy by the Atlassian tools. Uh, it seems to me that, you know, well, it doesn't seem to me, you know, I know the Atlassian tools have been critical to our success long-term as a business and, and the success of our customers that are distributed. Um, you know, Atlassian's gone to a work from home model. H- how's your transition going through all that? Yeah, I, I think, uh, look, I'll be lying if I said it was was easy, you know, yeah. when I think it's not even just working remotely and, and adjusting to that and how you work with your teams there. It's um, you know, the leadership for, uh, said from, from, from the get-go that um, you're not just working from home. You're working from home during an incredibly uncertain time. And it's not like I can get a break um, from my office here and, you know, my, my makeshift office here by going to the coffee shop for a day or sitting at the park and, and kind of just chilling out with my laptop. Like, it's just fundamentally things are, are very different. Uh, if you have kids and family, you have to deal with that as well. And so... 
um, the, the transition has been, been tough, but I feel like, and probably one of the reasons why I'm still at Atlassian is they've just done a really good job of helping and guiding us, but giving us a little bit of freedom and autonomy to figure out what works best for us. Um, because every, every situation is different and, um, working from home and that switch, um, the one thing that did give us in times of uncertainty is the certainty that we are going to kind of pivot to a, a more re remote first working culture um, and that we can expect to work from home for the foreseeable future um, in, in any way that we kind of see fit and they're trying to figure out um, the nuts and bolts of that. But just knowing that, hey, there's, there's not so much there's an end in sight, but this is kind of the norm to adjust to. Um, has made the transition and, and made working from a little a little easier for me. It reminds me of a of a phrase that keeps coming up, which is screen envy. Um, Kelvin, I've heard that you, a lot of people are envious of your new monitor. <laughs> it's a very big monitor, and you can see the setup here <laughs> as well. And um, it's one of those things where folks, when I jump on a Zoom call and I haven't met them before, they haven't seen my setup. They're like, you do podcasts. I'm like, no, this is retail therapy. Like, I, okay. I, I, <laughs> this is probably the first podcast I've been part of. Um, and I think for me, it was really the, the, the transition there was, uh, I, I had to think for myself, what's going to make me the most comfortable at home? Sure. And I changed our internet because we had upwards of four people working Um all hours of the day uh you know a couple of my other uh, uh, co-workers my, my actual housemates are co-workers and they work sydney <laughs> hours and so there's okay. always someone working from about about eight till seven and so it's just trying to find and figure out what actually worked and i just realized that i needed a setup that just instantly made me feel comfortable and i never had to get frustrated about and mm -hmm. you know i get i get anxious about things i buy things and kind of this is why i have a big screen and the setup i have today <laughs> no i love it i mean it, it's it's we were talking about it yesterday on a another episode just about it's so important right now just take just to invest in your home rig you know yeah yeah um so i did the same thing right at the beginning of uh the pandemic just kind of you know i'm not a tech guy but just got a rig right away and hey now i'm doing a podcast so it came in came in handy <laughs> But um, Kelvin, like, uh, so Microsoft just announced last month, right, that they're they're going to a work from home forever approach, along with Atlassian, and right, uh, Facebook and Twitter also said they're not going back. Um, you know, do you feel like this is becoming a huge trend? Is it already? At least in the Bay Area, or at least Silicon Valley, I think it, it definitely is. Um, Folks in the tech industry generally have a more progressive approach to, to working culture and, and ways of working. Um, I would imagine that would trickle down through to other industries and just other companies as a whole. But again, like every company, every situation, you could even argue um, every occupation is going to be different. And so it's really just trying to find what works best for folks. And, you know, talking about digital transformation is, is like this is the true test for companies to see right. just how far down that path they are to digital transformation. And mm. some folks are able to do it. Um, we're in the business of building software to help teams collaborate. And so we better be able to, to, to kind of cope with it, you know, <laughs> right. but then there are other folks, the other folks in other companies who, who aren't quite there yet. And they're trying to figure things out. So I, I think this is a trend that you will start to see 
over the, 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 the coming months, if probably years. Um, but it's going to take some time. Well, you know, to your point, you said uh, Atlassian builds software for teams and you should be able to do this because of your own software. And I think that's mm -hmm. one of the amazing things that I've always loved about Atlassian and the fact that you're building software for teams is that you dog food, you drink your own champagne, and you are the first to ever test and actually use what you're about to release. And as such, because you are the users as well, uh, you've built amazing products that you know with confidence are going to solve the needs of, of other, other folks. And you've built all this flexibility into it, into the tools so that folks can, can configure them and adapt them to work the way, the, 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 the way that fits them best. Yeah, that's um, right. And, and I would say that, again, like we don't have it perfect. Like if anything, we are comfortable with experimentation and, and with failure and just doing that in the open, especially internally. Um, when we announced that we were going to kind of uh, full-time remote eventually, um, leadership were pretty upfront and, and, and they mm -hmm. said, we're just beginning this journey and we're bringing you on board because it's important for you to know that we don't have all the answers and we're going to have to lean on you as Atlassians to kind of help us along the way to, to tell us what we need and, and, and kind of what's working and what's not. Um, and I think that's kind of important for this process, especially as, as, as companies are starting to figure out whether a remote first philosophy works for them is kind of embracing the fact that it's never perfect. There are always going to be kind of speed bumps or hurdles along the way. And um, you just kind of have to, to, to kind of lean into it to, to really get to the conclusion that you uh, that you want to kind of make everybody happy. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, cloud. You know, Atlassian made this big announcement. And um, for those of you that don't know, Atlassian's got uh, several deployment models, effectively. Um, cloud, server, and data center. Server and data center being deployments behind the firewall. And server is a perpetual license. Um, uh, and server is um, effectively, over the next three or four years, sunsetting, at least support for it, because it's, it's perpetual. Um, a lot of companies look to their technology vendors, if you will, to provide leadership. And I think that's effectively what Alassian did. Alassian said, you know what, cloud is the future. You know, let's make the move. Um, what are, what are y'all hearing, uh, from folks so far? I know we've got customers that they're reaching out with questions, uh, but I'm curious to hear from you, uh, Kelvin, uh, what are you hearing specifically, especially maybe around the dev tool side as well? Yeah, I, I think, uh, ultimately it's, it's been, it's been positive, right? I think the announcement uh, what's about change and change is always kind of hard for people to, to kind of grasp with to begin with. But the more customers we've spoken to, you know, just the data points that we have internally that you know, up to 90% of new customers are, are on the cloud uh, are choosing our cloud platform already. It kind of just made a lot of sense for us to uh, kind of, what's that old, old, old saying? Um, action speak louder than words. We've talked about this cloud first mindset and philosophy for a number of years now and yep. this was the opportunity to kind of just um, accelerate that process a lot um, specific to dev tools uh, I think that we are kind of uh, 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 a lot of folks are looking to switch to to the, to the cloud as well mm -hmm. um, there are obviously industries and obviously uh, specific verticals that hosting your source, source code in the cloud is, is um, a little scary right now but that's why we still have the data center deployment uh, for behind the firewall work. And, and, you know, there is a period of sunsetting for folks on server to move from um, their server platform to data center or to the cloud over the next three years. So we get, we're hoping we're giving folks a lot of runway um, yeah. and, and, and all that kind of stuff there too. Well, you've been, and you've been so intentional about it. 
you know, first at last and said, you know, we can't just preach it, we have to do it. And you move yourselves to cloud, right? And, and that was a big undertaking. Uh, but through that, you learned a lot. And through that, you also uh, built great materials and, and communications and thought leadership. And, and I think also helped set the stage for having a very intentional conversation about it and, and providing that guidance and direction. Like y'all's planning that went into this announcement was phenomenal. Getting to see what I get to see, um, you did a phenomenal job. And you've been very intentional and generous with the time frame. Because again, I think you're looking at 75% of customers moving to cloud. That's a lot of organizations. That's a lot a of lot. work. A yeah. lot. And ultimately, we need to be ready when other when our customers are ready. Right. Like we'd be do, just doing our customers a disservice if we decide to make that move with our customers. We need to be there and ready when when the time comes. And so, it, it came as a little bit of a, a shock to some because they're they're very much still um, in that mindset and that philosophy, which is which is fine. I think we we all acknowledge that that time that that will change. But ultimately, we had to make the move now so that in three years' time, when everyone else wasn't ready to make the move, that we were there and we had the product that would uh, meet their needs. Mm-hmm. Hey, Calvin, can you kind of give a layman's explanation of DevOps? Ooh. This is, uh, 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 depends on who you ask, really. I think. Yeah. In, uh, in 30 seconds or less. No, I'm just kidding. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think this will have to be, not, it needs a separate couple hours. Of, yeah, yeah, separate podcast for this. But oh, wow. essentially, DevOps, developer and operations, right? I think um, traditionally you are seeing, you have seen um, a, a separation of tasks and responsibilities when it comes to not just building software, but supporting software. And so this whole DevOps movement is kind of, come about from like agile methodologies it's all about getting stuff Mm. done and out to customers um, smaller chunks of work uh, more iteration so that ultimately when I'm building a product uh, a customer is going to see um, uh, the benefits of that faster right and and way back Mm. when you could say that customers or companies were building products or software it would take they'd release once a year or twice a year um, but with the cloud, it's really easy for folks now to release many times uh, a day. And so mm. um, where DevOps has come in is, is kind of that, that, um, uh, that next evolution, I would say, of, of Agile is how do you bring the, the two kind of areas or disciplines that are required to ensure that not only are you delivering value to your customers, but you're supporting it in a way to ensure that that value is always there and, and, and their performance or I guess their experience isn't degraded as a result. And so within that, you then start to have um, um, challenges from a cultural perspective of how to bring all these disparate teams together to keep them all on the same page to make sure that um, Garrett is building this, that Christian is going to deploy and Kelvin needs to support. Like how do I know Mm -hmm. what is going on and what has happened so that in the Mm -hmm. unfortunate event something goes wrong? It's really easy for me to kind of support that as well. And so yeah. it's just building that trust in those those lines of accountability across the board. So, G, one of the Atlassian values is don't F the customer. So, okay. so A, don't F the customer. Like, Don't bring value in and then have a disrupted service because you're moving in, in, uh, in a non-automated way or you're not supporting each other. But I think it extends back to, like, don't F your neighbor, right? Let's not let Garrett, the developer, F the guy that's going to deploy it and then F Kelvin's going to support it and run it, right? So, yeah, it's very a very... It's, it's a big cultural thing, I think, that's undergoing. Now, how, how far along do you think we are in this DevOps adoption process? Do you have any idea of that? Um, there are still people adopting Agile. So True. We are, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, we are 
I would say it's becoming more mainstream and more folks want to do it. I think the really interesting thing right now in the market is um, the interpretations of what DevOps at the moment, in my opinion, seem to be sure. a little a little bit different. Yeah, you get people with a, with a DevOps title because they have a CI/CD capability. Exactly. It's like right. that's one aspect of so many that is DevOps, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this then: If we look at the technology adoption curve, for just a reference, are we on that? We're on this side of the, what side of the chasm are we on then? Perhaps it's not going anywhere, right? It's not going anywhere. It, it's, it's definitely going to be there. I would still say, still young, still young, <laughs> still young. definitely still young. And, and here's the thing: like it gets the it, we're even at that stage now where folks, to your point, they'll they'll whack on a DevOps to their job title, and they're like, we do DevOps. There are folks who are like, we bought a DevOps tool, therefore we do DevOps. And, right. Uh, the, 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 you kind of hit the nail on the head there when you said it's a cultural thing too. Like processes mm -hmm. need to change. The culture around how you build and support products needs to change as well. And mm -hmm. that's not something that I, you know, get an invoice for or take a credit card and just pay for it and be like, <laughs> now yeah. we do DevOps. Like yeah. this. Mm. So I feel like it is becoming more mainstream and people see the benefits and the value of it. Not quite there yet in terms of how that actually makes tangible sense to, to how they do their work. Well, I think it's, I, I kind of liken uh, the adoption of a, of a methodology or a framework um, to a lot of the experience I have in idle based, uh, frame, the idle based framework of ITSM. There are also, you also have to recognize that there are aspects of some framework that are going to have the uh, diminishing returns, right? Or you're going to have to re recognize that there are certain things about the industry that you're in, the line of work that you're in that you know, implementing or going down the path of perhaps microservices isn't the first thing you do. You know, you got to think about the order of operations or you're getting the uh, kind of, you know, knocking down by the 80-20 rule. Focus on the 20 things that are causing 80% of your challenges or, or slowing you down. Knock those things out. You, you relieve a lot of, of, um, of stress to, to keep moving down the path. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and yeah. I was just going to say, in, in, in that sense, that's why I'm kind of excited about this whole concept of, of digital transformation as well, where yeah. it's really an opportunity for folks who want to embark on this journey to sit down and kind of break down not just what they're doing and how they do it today, but what's their end goal and, and what, is, what is it that they're trying to achieve and kind of deconstructing it and reconstructing it as a result. And when you are adopting frameworks or methodologies, whether it's Agile or DevOps, um, it requires a, a fairly uh, extensive um uh, effort and time to actually do correctly. And, and that's why I was like, yeah, I, which we're still, it's mainstream DevOps, but it's still in its infancy because I think people are still just trying to figure that out uh, along the way. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's good that I had gotten my DevOps tattoo ahead of time, oh, look at right? That, because huh? it's just the trends catching on, right? Dang, gee, you're, you're ahead of schedule. <laughs> good job. <laughs> Um, can, can you can you tell us about the Sydney office that's being built of uh, the timber and steel? Yeah, it's still being structure. Yeah, it's still being constructed. It looks beautiful. Um, even in these uncertain times about are we going to go back, go back to work or, or whatnot. So um, I think I don't know a lot of the, the, the nitty gritty details of it. But um, when it was announced internally, I think my first reaction was this is like the physical embodiment of what Atlassian strives to be and, and, and our philosophy on how we approach building products, but just our view of the world as well. I think, like, yeah, your value, mm, be the change, right? Be the, be the change, mm. like made out of wood. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I don't know the, the, the science behind having a, a wooden structure as large as that, but you know, 
the don't worry, the enge- don't worry, man. The, the engineers took a good hard look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're okay. just no open flames around the building. You guys, you guys and girls will be fine. Um, I, I, I think oh, it's geez. magnificent. I don't know how long it's going to take to build and 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 what the makeup of um those floors are going to be because obviously you know that's again um goes to speak about how Atlassian approaches things. It's a very yep. open process. They're like, we're still figuring things out along the way. We want to let you know that this is obviously this massive structure we're going to build in the middle of Sydney. Um, we're going to take you on this journey internally yeah. to kind of uh, uh, give you some insight into how we're thinking about the future of work, not just for Atlassian, but for, for sure. everybody else as well. Well, I mm. think I think so many of us that have um, values around sustainability and responsibility, I think, I think that's something that ties us to Atlassian as well. So the fact that Mike and Scott care about these things um, I think a lot of us have that in common. I think that's also part of the attraction to Atlassian. Because remember, back when we first got in the Atlassian ecosystem, you know, the, the idea that there's there's Atlassian fanboys and fangirls, it was it was bizarre. Like it's hey, gee, like they got a cult like following at Atlassian. Okay. It's really strange for a company to have that kind of uh, attraction, right? That kind of energy, and it's uh, it's it's been why we've been just so fascinated and in love as being partners at Atlassian for so long. So yeah. And, and kudos and to you, Kelvin, for being such a big part of that. I mean, 10 years. Jeez. I've just been is, along is, for the ride. That's all. Yeah, right. Come on. You're, con- you're a huge contributor, man. <laughs> <laughs> is 10 years, like, is that a long time to maintain a position in, in a tech-based job? I mean, yeah, these days, any. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, these days, any. Yeah? But okay. I, I, absolutely, I feel like um, you generally would say, at least here in the Bay Area, um, Know, two to three years is a, is a pretty long tenure for yeah. someone in a tech company. And so um, I, I think it goes to show maybe not so much laziness on my part, but how much I've loved working at Alaskan, <laughs> you know. Um, and you know, to, to your point, Christian, like the way in which Atlassian conducts itself, um, knowing what goes on behind the scenes, it's all very genuine. And it's just something that I personally have been able to relate to. So you might say that, you know, it's got a cultish, cultish following. Mm-hmm. Um, with its its customers, and it's like I actually love working for Atlassian because of the way we conduct ourselves and sure. the the things that we do care about. Yeah, well, I mean, you've been contributors to so many people's success, so many careers beyond Atlassian Atlassians. So many careers are being built on this technology, and you know, it's not to say that other people haven't built onto the technologies, right? Like we've all built careers on Oracle and Microsoft and things like that. But I think the the amount of innovation that we've seen over the past, I guess. Oh well, shoot, we're 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 getting close to about a twenty-year run with Atlassian uh, here in the next few years. Um, the innovation, the the just the freedom to do things the way you think is best, but still, you know, tapping into these amazing frameworks, um, it's just amazing. Yeah, and I, and I would I would say like it it attracts a certain type of, of person to either um, work for Atlassian or, or to work with Atlassian. You know, and one of the joys for me over the last nine and change has been meeting folks at Precipio or yourself Christian where it's like yeah you're just good people and it's great yep. to kind of have a work for a company that attracts that type of organization and that type of personal people to, who, who want to work with us because they too are also kind of um, they love what we're doing as well so I, I think that that Atlassian success obviously is there for all to see but I do feel like from a cultural standpoint and from a people standpoint like that's kind of been the foundation for um, the company's success definitely that's an interesting point like um attracting the best clients that you can right i mean that's that's a huge part of just any business if you can elevate the 
the people that are, you know, coming, coming in my case, like coming to my shows mm -hmm. or, or buying the Elastium product. Yeah, it's, it's all about your client, your client base, right? That's what defines your success in the world. Yeah, don't have the customer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean don't sleep with the customer or don't yeah, screw the customer yeah, over? Don't, don't have them over, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or both. <laughs> Probably a good idea not to. Uh, but, okay. but who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's some relationships that have been built. Uh, <laughs> who knows? No comment. I don't know. <laughs> no comment. So... So you're in Santa Cruz, right, Calvin? I'm in San Francisco. San, San Francisco. He was just okay. in Santa Cruz. My, oh, my, but you, okay. Second favorite place in the world, by the way. Yeah, I, I love Santa Cruz. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite places in the world to go surfing. I'm not as a surfer. I'm not supposed to disclose any locations, but uh, I do <laughs> love that place called Three Mile. Did you ever go bike past that? No, I did. I did not. It was actually my first time. Believe it or not, I've been in San Francisco oh, okay. for like seven years. It was my first time there, but fell in love with it. It's okay. it's such a great bike city though. Like any like you just all over town. Yeah. So many bike lanes. It's just so fun. Yeah. Sorry, so so we know we know you're a huge road biker, right? And um, you know, just kind of uh, when you're not in front of your amazing monitor and beautiful uh, shore microphone, there. Um, you know, what's your workout and wellness routine? And you know, um, and and where and you know, how does the digital technology if so become a part of that routine yeah um it it it's been it's been a journey for me i would say over the last few months I, i've i've uh been an avid bike rider for you know mainly the last 10 years or so uh in, in particular and i would probably say that i've had to lean into exercise and just mental health and wellness um meditating and, and yoga and stuff like that way more over the last little while because of just mm. that all that you know Kind of what i was saying before all that uncertainty and so um one of the joys i was going to say about working remotely is i don't have a commute time and those mm -hmm. little breaks in between meetings i can yeah. actually do things like work out or, or go for a walk and stuff which has been fantastic um riding a ton at the moment um just got an uh, just got a new bike a labor of love over the last few years um christian follows me on social media he's probably sick of my posts about it like no, no, this, keep it coming, man. Keep it it's coming. Just like, it's like I've had a child. That's how many photos and how many Instagram <laughs> stories that they're up there. Um, and I, I think how technology has kind of played a part in that. Um, I'm kind of a bit of a, a data nerd when it comes to my fitness. And so there are certain mm -hmm. apps, whether it's Strava or, uh, you know, dabbled with what was that, that, that product, Whoop. Um, all those little things that just give you a better understanding about the impacts your activities or lack thereof have on mm. your mental and just physical being the next morning have been really cool for me to kind of track. And I've also been kind of uh, coming back from um, a, a few pretty serious, just niggly injuries over the last few years and kind of being able to track my actual fitness on a graph um, to, and to kind of see it's how motivating. it's motivating. Yeah, it's definitely motivating. And yeah. to be able to see that physically or on a chart, I should say, yeah. um, just has been really good for me to kind of focus in on and to kind of distract myself from everything else going on in the world right now. That's cool. What what were the injuries uh, on like that you you have crashes? Uh, in the bike? crashes and and just I'm overzealous when I was a kid, um, playing lots oh, okay. of sports like rugby and and classic Australian sports like rugby and and, and some soccer as well. And um, mm. I've had my two knee reconstructions i've had just ongoing ankle uh and, and particularly lower back pain um mm. and it's just really been given giving this last six months has just given me the opportunity to kind of um 
spend more time uh, recovering and, and, and rehabbing um, cool. to really so just part, get back to normal. Yeah, so what part's yoga playing on your, your PT then, your, your physical therapy? Um, you know, I would say I can I can touch my toes now without bending my knees, so that's, cool. that's always that's good. a plus. Um, it's, Put that it's in your app. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, would, I would definitely say that, yeah, it, it's, it's just been so good to stretch. And again, I'm showing my age by saying this, but all those creaks, all those little pains yeah. that you, do, you get when you when you roll out of bed in the morning, sure. jumping into yoga straight away has just been a really great way to start yeah. the day for me. And I'm actually starting to see um, see that positively impact my bike riding, my actual well, other the, physical exercise too. And this is the thing, biking shortens some of your muscles uh, in a way that can be detrimental long term. And I think that's the great thing about yoga is that it allows you to stretch those back out and counter the effects of the road bike because you're hunching exactly. over and you know putting most of your your from your legs exactly um, right and yeah and i was mm-hmm. just going to say that too and from the mental aspect it's been great like even just the 30 45 minutes you do a yoga class sure. um do, but, you, you just get to get to tune out for a little bit which is great Vinyasa, you mentioned oh sorry you go oh sorry no say so you you mentioned meditation are you do what kind of meditation what's your practice with that i or? just use the apps um oh yeah which one do you use i use headspace I use it too. <laughs> I hope I'm hoping you guys are getting getting paid for all of this. Uh, uh, no, I mean not. Well, I, I mean I'm telling you that changed my life though. That Headspace app. That's so. Yeah, I wonder. Absolutely. I wonder how, how many new features is Headspace? You know, dropping in because they're an agile DevOps practice. Like, what, oh. what, what things are popping up for you in your Headspace app? They're like, oh, they're 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 releasing pretty often. I mean, There's is that, that a they thing? They do like a. They have like a LeBron James. They have like NBA. Okay. Well, that's uh, a, I mean, it's a big feature to, to bring in uh, uh, yeah. licensing and those kinds of things. Yeah. And they do like a daily meditation. I basically do the same ones all the time, like creativity and happiness. The happiness one for those. me. Yeah. I feel like over the last few months, they've definitely also honed in on what is going on in the world right now. And it's really just about relieving stress and, and, sure. and just kind of tuning out and, and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, they've definitely been able to, to kind of, uh, uh, move fast, I should say, um, mm-hmm. to kind of meet the demands of, of what is going on in the world at the moment. Well, so, you know, to that end, like we, if we go back 10, 15, 20 years, uh, when we built systems, they were built to support, and I'm, I'm changing topic here. They were built to support like the sales team or the HR team, people within the organization, once we started opening up with the internet and opening up our systems externally and then starting going for you know market share outside of traditional channels, uh, we became an always-on kind of, uh, just an always-on mindset. And the digital transformation is enabling that and then the requirements now, because now we're spoiled, right? We want our package delivered. I mean, G ordered some headphones last night, got them today. I'm kidding, G. <laughs> uh, you know, we want everything faster, faster, faster. And that's, that's the speed we're trying to keep up with. And uh, obviously, digital transformation is behind that. Things like DevOps are behind that. When do we spin out of control here? Like, when, when does the top just fly off its, its axis? In terms of the ability to deliver or just our just ability to consume? All of it, man. Ooh. But yeah, our consume, like, it's just so much, right? I, I, I asked my wife that because it seems like there's like five packages showing up every day. <laughs> like, what are you possibly ordering, man? What are you doing? I mean, for me, it's, it's just always been like, you know, the retail therapy aspect has been fantastic for that. It's just like, oh, oh I, this is going to make me feel better. I'm going to buy it. And my girlfriend's like, 
you have three of these already. It's like the act hey, of buying just, makes me feel better. So you know, we have an economy to to resuscitate here, right? Good job, <laughs> exactly. Kelvin. Keep it up, exactly. man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Single-handedly, wow. right here, propping up the economy. Um, I actually think that on the on the flip side, just in terms of um, consumption, I feel like it is kind of spiraling out of control. Like you know, yeah. using social media is a great example of that. Like information comes at you thick and fast that it's so hard to kind of keep up and i do feel like it's having a negative impact on um people's view of the world but also just your mental health as as well and just having that to your point that 24 7 constant access to information isn't a yeah. great thing and and uh, i think something needs to kind of happen to curtail that but it's definitely an election year as well it's kind of just hit this we hit overdrive to a certain degree. But, you know, back in the uh, maybe 80s, 90s, when we were kind of um, thinking ahead to the future of the, 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 you know, the 2020 kind of as a, as, a, as a marker because of the movie and what would the future be like, you know, there was a lot of talk and conversation about our, our, our freedoms in this country would then translate to, like, information uh, as an exploit. And very large, we're being influenced by external factors and our, our, our politics and our, our political decisions are being influenced externally. So we are finding ourselves in that, in that place where all the social media, all this content, it's so much to parse, so much to interpret that then we're vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I agree. And, and uh, I was talking to, to some friends over the weekend and they, they brought up a really good point that, and this is specific to digital transformation too, that your traditional news outlets who... Um, relied on ad placements in the actual physical newspaper as an example sure. to, to make money um in this time where everyone consumes their information online they've had to find ways to kind of make up for that revenue and they've you have to pay to and subscribe to actually read that that content and right, right. that in itself like, like gating information has meant right. that people are going elsewhere for information who may not be as reputable you don't really have they don't have that they reputation yeah it's so true that's mm -hmm. so true like uh it's so annoying like when you click on a new york times like on your apple news or whatever and then i think you can read a certain amount of new york times articles for free and then the next one you click on oh you need a subscription to read this and like and then just like calvin said oh well i'm not gonna i'm gonna be doing that right now yeah. what else is free you know well, you think like, of like the you think of like the clockwork orange kind of example where like uh, eyes are open and just constant feed of stuff. Oh, right. 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 And you got you to gotta think, like, if you did that over the course of some number of days, at some point, you don't know what is up, what's down, what's right. You don't, like, it's just, you've, you've been taken over. And effectively, right, that's what we've been fearing, the, the, the you know, the, the sci-fi folks back in the 80s, 90s. Like, yeah, this is, it's on its way. And here we have, like, these devices in front of us all the time, and we just... Like always connected in. yeah always it's, 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 it's so hard to disconnect which is which is it's interesting like i've i've had a i've had a real like kind of juxtaposition personally in my life during this time because um you know my wife she's buying a lot of stuff online but i'm not buying anything and i rarely like leave the property we've got chickens we got goats uh i'm here on cape cod in massachusetts like this morning i just went got you know uh, I, in 15 minutes, I filled a peck full of oysters off the beach. I've gone kind of like totally like living off. I got the garden, growing my own pot. Like I'm totally like 
living off the land. Going country, man. But I'm going country, but and then I'm coming and interacting, you know, on on in in a digital age. So it's the best it's a real course. juxtaposition right now. Yeah, I'm very jealous but actually. I'm trying not to trying not to buy anything uh, these days. It's just trying to kind of you know not be reliant on you know the using a credit card. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. simplification is good. I mean, I think we're all do we're all due for it. But but then when I do get to get into a store, oh my god, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> pent shit. up demand, pent up G love demand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, to that end, right? Uh, G G's gone country. Uh, his album Gone Country. Would you would you release that? Late oh, 90s? that was the bootleg in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it was bootleg. Yeah. Um, a lot of people in San Francisco are, 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 you know, making the realization that they don't have to be in the city paying expensive rents and all these kinds of things. And they can go to the country and work because we were getting some pretty decent internet out in the, out in the country. Um, any of your friends leaving Kelvin or have you been considering these things at all? Um, short term considering moving to somewhere we're bigger. So I, I'm in the mission district here in San Francisco mm-hmm. and it's, it's close to the nightlife and there's lots of cool bars and restaurants to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, Mission Chinese. You mission, like that? Love yeah. Mission Chinese. Oh, dude, that's my spot. <laughs> just, just my jam. Um, but yeah, they, and so for, for us thinking about what this work uh, situation is going to be like, you know, Garrett kind of just just explained what he does on a mm. daily basis. I'm like, mm. I want that. And so mm. we are looking to kind of move to somewhere bigger with a yard. Um, okay. We have a small little patio here, but just to give us a little bit of space, space. and a little bit of yeah. um, outdoor space, just to kind of relax, because otherwise yeah. we're just stuck indoors the, the whole time. Um, but I, we are we are <clears throat> definitely seeing a shift. I feel like um, folks are fundamentally changing or at least reprioritizing what they want from uh, yep. uh, a home, and yeah. they want more space. They want a yard. Um, they they don't need the the city because I think there's a, a certain amount of anxiety associated with sure. being in a city right now in close proximity to a lot of folks at least in San Francisco, um, sure. and starting to see some some movement from uh, my friends. I think for me, who knows with with the ability for uh, me to work anywhere, um, TBD. I'm hoping the Hawaii, uh, the internet in Hawaii gets better sometime soon. Oh, that um, <laughs> but yeah, long term, yeah, the, 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 a lot of options are open uh, uh, to yeah. me, and uh, we'll probably explore. In the not too distant future. Mm. So okay, so Calvin, we have a little fun thing we like to end up the the podcast with. Thank you so much for being with us today. So we're gonna just jump right into our speed round here, and uh, here we go. Specialized or Bianchi? Uh, specialized. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't say neither. No, you got that 22 bikes. I know. You give me. I didn't know I could go outside of those two options. Otherwise, but you can't. No. You can't. There's no rules. I would. I would. I'd say of those two, specialized just because it's a California brand. There you go. Good answer. Cool. Eggs or pancakes? Eggs. Phone or computer? Phone. Right, here's a here's a G love one. Uh, Rainbow or this ain't living. Love Jack Johnson. Rainbow. Right. Laptop or notebook? iPad. There you okay. go. Okay. Santa Cruz or San Francisco? Santa Cruz. It's a, it's a newfound love, huh? It. You know what? It It was, if I could I close my eyes, it felt like I was back in Sydney. And I freaking love that place. Just all yeah. the beaches. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. Fell in love. 
Uh, rocket arugula. Arugula. Uh, so here's one. Oh, I got another one. Yeah, go a, a, a freestyle one. Bugs or lobsters? Oh, a good Morton Bay bug. I'd have to say okay. bug. Yeah. <laughs> here's one from home. Yeah, Sorry, G. Uh, King, King's Cross or Bondi Beach? Wow, I think I think King's Cross is a ghost town this these days. So I'd have to say Bondi Beach, but there's too many tourists there. Yeah. Probably go a little further south. Yeah. Cool. Tamarama, if I if I could choose Tamarama Beach. Tamarama. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, and then the last one: John Butler or Xavier Rudd? Wow, that's a hard one. Um, I would lean John Butler just because I grew up. I grew up with his music, and and uh-huh. I don't know. I was reading somewhere the other day that the music that you listen to in your teens is the most important because uh, you always remember it. Yeah, you always so have fun yeah. memories. So definitely yeah. John Butler. Yeah. Well, they're both great. So, do you, do you, uh, do you get two of these guys? You get to know these guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This, these are these are amazing, amazing guys. Uh, hey, Calvin, can you just quickly let us know uh, how people can get in touch with you and find out more about what you're doing? Ooh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Kelvin Yap, nice and easy. Um, and you'll, you'll kind of find me writing blogs and content on, on the Atlassian blogs. And you can always shoot me an email if you have any questions about anything at Kelvin at Atlassian.com as well. And Kelvin, what uh, about on Instagram? Yeah. Ooh, if you want to see pic- like too many pictures people of bikes. Bike. <laughs> Kelvin Yap, again, nice and easy. Well, and if you can, uh, I know most things are top secret. Uh, what, what can you share with us on what you're working on at Atlassian? Um, at the moment, pretty focused on, on DevOps, actually. Um, and so mm-hmm. one of the things that we are working on uh, at the moment is just trying to make the connection of our tools, like integrations between our tools better, but more importantly, also for third parties, because I feel like open. Um, we are open. We have an open toolchain philosophy. And so what we're trying to do is um, we know, again, kind of the theme of, of the conversation so far that everyone does things in different ways. Yeah. And uh, we kind of want to support that uh, as much as possible. And so we have a, a, a kind of DevOps solution that kind of connects and binds our products to, together um, that we're kind of working on at the moment. And obviously some other things as well in DevOps space that uh, you'll hear about sooner rather than later. Yeah, phenomenal. Well, thanks so much. Cool, thank you. Pleasure's Vic, all mine. This has been a blast, man. So good to see you. Yeah, one day, always one a day we'll do it face to face, brother. Yeah. Yes, please. I'll have to come out. You have to take your little adventure wagon to come out to, to California. I'll meet you in Santa Cruz. Well, uh, yeah, so we've got, I'm starting to shape plans for Santa Cruz in February. Let me know. I'll yeah, come down sure. to meet you. G, awesome, man. Great. Thanks so much, Calvin. That was awesome. Nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, great to meet you too, G Love. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Digital Transformationists podcast, brought to you by Precipio Consulting. Be sure to visit our webpage to check out our other episodes, access show notes and links, and listen to some great bonus content. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. And tell a friend. We love making new friends. I'm executive producer Katie Thomas. Victor Vargas is our engineer. Alejandro Caballero is our editor. Thanks for tuning in.